0: Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world.
1: This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar
0: to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a
1: protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids.
0: We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Live Better Podcast. Jason and Brett here with Mike Searock Mike Sirocco, who is doing a lot, got a lot of cool things coming up. He's an author, CEO, co-founder of a new tech company, which we were just chatting about before, which he's super excited to, to chat about, uh, checking in from Ocean City, Maryland, also a podcast host for the What Are You Made Of show. Mike, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great, guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. I always start every interview I go to with gratitude because it's it's a tool that I use to get through life and and excel. So thank you for having me. Thank you for the listeners for showing up and uh, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're we're really excited to have you and could not be more grateful to have you on the show. We same thing goes for us. I mean, it's, you know, it's a blessing for us to be doing what we love and to be connecting with other people that are also doing the same thing. It's one of the things that we love to talk about is um, kind of the origin story. So, you know, Jason and I came from corporate backgrounds and we were not loving what we did, and so we literally sat down for what we thought would just be a catch-up dinner. And that was about seven years ago. And every single day since then, it's been a just a constant pursuit and journey of what can we do? How can we quit our jobs? How can we start a business? Then we successfully quit our jobs and started a business. It's how can we do what's next? How can we continue to improve? So uh, a man of many ventures, um, currently pursuing some new ones. Uh, where did this all begin for you?
2: Well, what the the journey that I'm on right now, I guess, is what you're asking yeah. about. So, yeah yeah so i I've, I've been in real estate since oh five oh four something like that then i got into mortgages after that and built a you know large division with two of my best three of my best friends um we all worked together and so for that period of time we were growing and and learning business and really didn't have mentors uh you know which is a mistake but we were kind of grinding and just finding our way and then uh probably 2017 i started to resent working uh what I, with what I was doing I just you know something wasn't right and I felt like I wasn't playing a big enough game and I thought I had so much more potential inside of me and this is a this is something that's happened over my life for like all of my life I think is that I've always gotten to a point where I, w- what I was doing just wasn't a big enough game for me and so I would start to resent it and then only things got better when I started challenging myself and setting uh, bigger bigger goals bigger targets uh, reset my purpose and then I've elevated from that. And so 17, I had this urge that, uh, I needed to speak. I needed to get my message out. I had a message, a story to tell. And I reached out to a mentor, not a mentor, a friend of mine who had a speaking business and he did events and things. And I said, Hey Steve, uh, I just sent him a message, uh, thinking about getting into the speaking uh, arena, don't know where to start. Like what's the best thing to do? And he said, grow your following. That's all he said. He didn't say, I, I'll, "I'll mentor you." Come, let's have a phone call. He just said, "Grow your following." So, I just thought to myself, "Okay, <laughs> that's what it takes." So, I just started posting stuff a lot and and practicing uh, doing videos. And you know, wor- I already worked with my team. I had several employees, twenty uh, some employees that I would speak to every day. Sales team, uh, sales training, and uh, I just, I just thought, man, you know what? I'm grinding so hard to get known on this local market that we have here. Uh, there's got to be a better way. Now, there's a thing There's a thing that you can choose between. There's, there's precedence, which is governing everything that you do based on the past. And then there's principle, which means there's got to be a better way. And so that's the way I started thinking. I stopped living off the past and thinking that we had to do things a certain way and started thinking about, man, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be an easier way. There's got to be a, you know, I'm not about hard, uh, not against hard work, but there's Something to be said about when things align and how things start to go really smooth. So I started thinking that way. There's got to be a better way. And you see, I was, I was dealing with people that weren't aligned with me, people that were all about themselves, and that made things harder. And I would come home from work and be miserable, take it out on the family. They suffered because of it. And uh, me being a person suffered because of it. So I started to realize that I needed to have a mission, set the tone, set the the course, follow that. And if anybody didn't align with it, I didn't need to spend time with them. And that changed everything. And so that's where it got started, uh, like the speaking and everything I'm on now. But then I started hanging out with Grant Cardone, following his content, read the 10X rule. I just started thinking bigger and accomplishing things. And every time I would accomplish something, I'm like, man, I should have thought bigger. I should have did bigger. And I keep doing it and I keep elevating and elevating. And before you know it, I'm a tech co-founder. And I would have never even, I never even thought about being in tech before. Uh, And the good thing about tech is it's just an infinite scale opportunity, infinite reachability, uh, infinite possibilities. And this is what uh, I was meant to do. So that's a little rundown. There's a lot more to it. Obviously, I can go back deeper in in the past uh, to let you know where my fire got started, but we can get into that later.
1: Yeah, Mike, I would love to follow up on where that fire got started, but a quick question to slide in there in between. You mentioned something where you said, basically on the along the lines of as soon as you started to think about how do I do this a little bit easier or why does it have to be this way and you started finding a bit of flow and people that aligned with you that thing started to become easier um, or at least your purpose started to become a little more clear can you describe kind of what that felt like when you felt like those things were in alignment when you stopped maybe trying to grind harder and just work a little bit smarter. Like what were some of those more concrete feelings rather than just like intuition, unless that's exactly what it was.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it has a lot to do with that. It has a lot to do with thinking and, and spirit and spiritual uh, realm, believe it or not. So really, you know, it's, you got to grind when you're not aligned and when you're not doing things the right way by your core values or core mission, if you have one, um, you, things are a lot more difficult They're, you have to grind to get by. You have to grind to survive. That's what we all do. That's where we we're, were built. So we need to be in a situation where uh, we have to get by and survive or otherwise we're gone. So when you do that part, you got you, you're just used to that and you sometimes fall victim of that for the rest of your life. When you, when you start really finding your purpose and mission is really where it starts you start realizing, okay, this is what this is all about. This is the way I'm supposed to live my life. This is the way I'm supposed to filter my thoughts, my words, my actions, the people I hang around with, my environment. This is what's supposed to be telling me which way to go. And I'm big on like just knowing a binary decision towards it or away. Is this helping or just hurting, destroying or building? Like that's so, so that's how it really came down to it is when you have that purpose, it gives you that yes or no answer to follow and, and it uncomplicates things. Uh, and then the other thing is just like spiritually understanding that you know I may be in this body that I have here, but I'm really an unlimited uh, just infinite potential being that I can actually do pretty much whatever I set my mind to. And we all have that, and uh you know everything that we're that's around us, you start to realize everything's around us is been created by thought, except for trees and things, right? but any anything that's not like a live organism has been thought about first. And then it's been created after thought. Once you become aware of that, uh, there's infinite possibilities.
1: Yeah. I like thinking about that too, because then it puts the sort of the responsibility and like for the structure of our life on us, rather than thinking like this has been constructed for you already. It's like, we decide our style, we decide our clothes, we decide (laughs) what our living environment looks like. We decide what work looks like, even though people might complain that those things have already been pre-decided they can be changed at a at a minimum um and along those lines of what you were talking about now would be a good segue to go back and start to discuss where that fire came from you i was going to frame the question like can you describe your purpose um so maybe you could culminate the origin story of your passion and where some of this drive came from into what your mission and purpose is now. Um, Because at least from our journey and our story, that mission has always sort of solidified and become more clear. The more we've done, we set out with an idea, but I think it's bigger and um, hopefully better than it was at the beginning. So can you walk through that journey for you?
2: Yeah. So I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents together ever. And I lived with my mom until I was eight going to my dad's every other weekend. And for those of you that have come from a broken home or divorce, you understand that the conflict that comes sometimes with child support, alimony, or not child support, alimony, uh, child support in uh, custody. And then you add step parents into the mix and their agendas, and it just gets really complicated. A lot of ingredients are going into this pot, and it pours out on the kids a lot of times. So I went through that, and then I was around a lot of broken people, alcoholics, drug addicts, depression, anxiety, people overdosing on those kind of medicines, suicide. I was around a lot of that and I just was never okay accepting the explanation that people were giving themselves for the circumstances they were in. And I wouldn't buy into it. Like they would believe it in their heads, but I wouldn't buy into it. So I would kind of call them out on it and say, no, that's not acceptable. And I think that came from, you know, when I was three or four years old, my mom used to tell me all the time, like, you're going to be an inspiration. You inspire me now. You're a leader. She just kept saying that to me a lot. And I think she understood the environment that I was going to grow up in and she was prepping me for it. So I was programmed into be an inspiring leader. I just I just always have acted this way be, from what she told me. And the more you do it, the more you become and I just never wanted to buy into anybody's bullshit. So uh then from there um I ended up moving in with my dad when I was about 8 because my mom was moving on to her third marriage and I didn't want to move into another man's house, another man's rules. And so I gave my dad's house a shot he was moving on to a second marriage ended up being um a very traumatic abusive situation you see my stepmom and mom had issues they had conflicts my dad and stepmom would fight all the time um it got it got bad a lot of times and you know there's times where i would sleep with my baseball bat at night as a 9 year old kid because of the things that i was hearing and at some point during that time i I thought it was everything was ordinary i just that's the way things are this is the way people grow up but i would visit friends house and start seeing other things seeing actually that you didn't have to live that way like parents could get along and could be a happy household and i said you know what that's not right i'm in this situation so i i started telling my mom about what was going on now you see when you're in an abusive situation there's some weird things that happen in your mind a lot of times you don't want to share it with anybody because you think that maybe you're overdramatizing it. Maybe it's not as bad as you're thinking it is. Um, or you may think that, um, you know, embarrassed because you let it happen or let it happen for so long. Even as a kid, you think this, you know. And then the last thing is a lot of times it's weird, but you start to worry about the abuser and what's gonna happen to them if you share what's going on. You know, you it's it's just it's really weird that it happens, but that that's what happens. So I didn't tell my mom at first. So I finally did. I broke down and told her and she said, wait a minute, you don't need to be in that situation. Like you, you shouldn't be living in that environment. I'm going to file court papers and get you out of there. But if I do this, this is serious. You can't leave me out to dry. You've got to stick to your guns. They're going to try to talk you out of it. In life, Mikey, she's calling Mikey, in life, people will try to talk you out of what you believe in to serve your own purpose. Or to serve their own purpose, to match their agenda, or maybe they may, might be threatened by you because you're advancing and doing well, and they just they they had to justify their position, so they'll try to hold you back and talk you out of what you're doing. So you got to make sure in life that you stick to your guns. Now I took that as being stubborn. Like I, I got to be when I get onto something, I'm not letting go. Right? And there's a new word that I always use all the time. I love this word. It's inexorable. Inexorable. You have to live your life inexorable. You know, like that. That means unyielding and unable to be stopped unalterable when you're unalterable unyielding on the right thing dude it's it's magic now you got to make sure you're you're on the right thing when you're doing that but uh that's that's just a great word so if you're taking notes you want to write that word down look that definition up but anyway uh my mom filed those papers eventually and i was coming home from school every day waiting for those court papers to be delivered Just waiting and waiting and you know of course i didn't tell my dad Finally, I came home from school one day and the tension in the room was so thick. I knew something was up. I knew this was the time. I knew what was going to happen or, or what I was about to face. And I saw my dad had these papers in his hand and he said, hey, go to your room. Now, my dad was my hero. He had a masonry company, real successful, big forearms and rough hands. Like You could tell he was like a you know, hard worker and I always looked up to him for that. And if you know anything about Italian guys and construction workers, they, they don't carry a wallet. Most of them carry a wad of money, right? With a rubber band around it. And I thought that was so cool. My dad used to show me $100 bills all the time and just thought that was the coolest thing. So I went back to my room and waited for him to come back and confront me about the papers and what he did. And he said, he says here, you want to move back with your mom. And I just can't wrap my head around this because you have everything you need here. Like we have money, you know, you, you, It just... We we go on trips, like we got everything. And then you're going to go to that where your mom has men coming in and out of the house. She doesn't have any money. Like, why would you want to do that? And, and I just shook my head and said, no, I made my mind up. I'm sticking to my guns, you know? And he said, okay. So he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out of it he had in his pocket all the time, peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, here, then you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And at that moment, the first thing that went through my head is like, what did I do? Like, oh my gosh, what about, what did I, what have I started? And then I, that, that, that stubbornness kicked in. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not letting him determine my future. Like that's not, and and mind you, this is like, I'm 10 and a half years old, something like that. I'm like, at this time, just like, I, maybe I was stupid, but I just realized that I'm not letting anybody determine anything for me. I'm going to decide it. I'm going to make the best of it. So after that happened, there's a longer story, but after that happened and I finally moved, the rest of my life for thirty some years I drove off of that moment. I tried to be the best I could be at everything. Sports, school, work, relationships. I just tried to be the best because I wouldn't I didn't want to let him win. But that spark that was lit there for thirty some years has has driven me forward to be in like trying to get the most out of myself. Now, a couple years ago I started realizing that something was up. Like everything that happened my like in my life, like screw ups, discouraging people, screwing people screwing me over, bad things happening, I started to realize that something's different about me because I keep elevating no matter what happens. There's something different. It's not normal. What is it? And what I realized was I was taking all this stuff, instead of playing a victim and blaming other people and all this, I was taking all this stuff, storing it in my fuel tank instead of my trunk where most people do it when they play the victim role, where it weighs you down. I was storing it in my tank and then converting it into fuel to elevate me, to push me further to become unstoppable at what I wanted to do. And once I became self-aware of this, then it was all over, like in a good way. Like I knew that I could do anything I wanted to. I could I could achieve things, I could uh I could control my environment. The environment didn't control me. And from that point on, I came up with the rocket fuel law, which is to turn all setbacks, letdowns, just dis- just disappointments converted into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable. And I wrote a book about that, which just came out a couple months ago. And Grant Cardone wrote the forward for that book. And that's how the, the fire got lit, guys. And, I, and I'll add one more thing, if you don't mind. I know I'm going on and on here, but I want to add one more thing. That I added something else to this, to this law after I wrote the book. And I started to realize that once you become like a more refined engine, a more higher performance engine, instead of like a Ford Tempo or Ford Focus, <laughs> no offense to anybody who drives a Ford Focus, but that engine does not need as high octane fuel as a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, right? So at some point in your life, when you become more advanced and you start to realize that you're unstoppable and you start setting really big targets and having things out in your future, there's some kind of line, I, would, I don't know if you'd call it a line of demarcation. But when you get to that point, you stop using toxic past things as your fuel and you start using the things that you're going for and your, your, your future accomplishments and they, those things pull you forward. And it's a lot cleaner fuel. It's a lot higher performance fuel. And it just pulls you a lot faster. So these are the things that I'm experiencing. And anything I experience, I share with people. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's the backstory.
1: Thank you for being so candid and honest about that and sharing that. Um, my actual question was going to be to your very last point is how did you decide or what tipped you off that the same... Fire that got stoked early um, from seemingly negative energy that you turned to positive energy, which takes a lot of energy on your end to convert into something that's a little more sustainable and positive into the future. What did that inflection point for you feel like? Because I know a lot of people who have obviously come from unfair situations that they didn't have anything to do with tough environments, tough, you know, life circumstance, um, that leave that chip on their shoulder. And I think it tends to take a piece of people, um, that maybe was an unintended consequence of letting that type of energy run for too long, um, to a point where it becomes negative and not a driving force. What, what were, what was that inflection point when you decided to use a pulling force rather than the pushing force. And like, what are some of those things going forward for you that might help other people identify where they can turn to for some of the same kind of help?
2: Well, first of all, when you, when you get the first feeling of, wait a minute, I control things. Like the biggest lesson was taking responsibility. Like you, you, you take all responsibility for everything. And when you do that to the degree you do that, you get control of your life. If the degree you give up responsibility, you give up control. That is the biggest lesson. And once I did that, then I was like, and just imagine this. like, Imagine you can think of accomplishing something and you're unstoppable to doing it as long as you just keep going forward to it. I have a saying, thrust is a must. You got to be moving forward and fast, right? Thrust is a must. So if just imagine that feeling, like knowing that, hey, I'm in control. And if I want to do something and I want to have a relationship with somebody, if I want to accomplish something, I know I can do it. Anything stops me or slowing me down, it's just going to push me further and faster. So imagine that feeling. That's what it felt like. And then at some point, the toxicity of the past, that fuel is not clean enough to push you to certain levels. It's kind of like you've heard the saying before like, what got you here today will not get you to the next level. It's not going to be the same thing. You need something different. Right. So, you know, as much as I still use the stubborn persistence and that the power of that there's still something that fuel that you need has to be some higher octane and then once you realize that you realize that man I'm at to a point right now where I understand things I'm self aware I understand that where I am today is my fault and the good news is is that where I'm going to be is my fault so I might as well decide where I want to be and and where I want to you know take this thing and might as well think big and and like just massive huge Glorious. You might as well do that because if you're gonna have control to do that, you might as well do it the right way, you know. And we only have one trip at this thing, you know. Life's short. So if you're gonna do it, and that's the difference, guys. That's the difference between super successful people and success isn't all about money, it's all about living life successful. You know, a rich life, rich relationships. And uh, you know, the people that can do that are the ones that have that know the secret, which is that thought starts everything. And you're unstoppable as long as you keep going.
0: With that, I think one of the things that really gets me going is the understanding of what you just mentioned to tie that up about how thought has to happen and then action has to follow. And I think a lot of people get caught in the thought. So they think of an idea. They think of a solution. Um, or they think of a product or a business, or how to get out of their job, how to get out of a relationship. And I know I get caught up in this a lot, where I think of something cool or think of an idea, and then you know some of them come to fruition. Obviously, that because of the ones you take action on. And so, what are some of the principles, or what are some of the kind of life guardrails that you set, or help people set when they have that thought? and to take that thought and turn it into action.
2: Uh, I mean, really the thought comes in your head and then you do something about it. Like immediately you take time out of the equation because time fuels fear and time fuels judgment and time fuels your ego. So like I take, get rid of the time, act fast. You know, here's something like we're working on right now, big time on the tech you know, side. I have a tech product coming out, but not only that, we're, we have a, a, a tech incubator that um, I'm a part of where we encourage people that have ideas, start thinking about inefficiencies in your life that you see or things that you complain about on a normal basis, or you hear other people complaining about and understanding that tech can solve most things. And so when you get an idea, write it down. And then when you get enough ideas together, bring it to us, me, my team, and we'll start ideating on it with you to figure out, okay, is this a viable product that can be you know, uh, or or let's start with the problem. Is this a viable problem that needs to be solved? And what do we need to do about it? And so when you get an idea and stop just letting it go to the grave with you, actually act on it, actually do something. And we uh, are are on a mission to start 10,000 tech companies in the next 10 years by showing people first, getting their mind right on understanding that when you have an idea, every idea is meant to, to, to explore. And if you leave an idea unexplored and no action on it, it to me is almost you know it's almost evil in a way because to me like I'm a spiritual being I believe in God I believe in an all powerful God and I believe that we we're, we're naive to think that we were put here on this planet and a thought comes into our head and we're not supposed to do something with it in and you know in, in a good way of course so when you have a great you know an idea whether it's great or not whether you know it's great or not when you when you have an idea and you don't do something about it it's to me it's the difference between good and evil <laughs> it, it, and I know that can be controversial to some people. But that's the way I view it. So act. Take time out of the equation, act. And you know, if, you, if it's, you don't know the right people, you don't have the resources, you don't have the money, then just go find the people that do. And I'm one of those people. And so the more I talk, the more shows I go on, the more I can be out and out of obscurity, the more people I can impact with this. And then we, we will get to that number that we're talking about.
0: Yeah that's I mean that's it at the end of the day I think it's it's all about that I think I like the way you frame it I think that people need to understand that when they have these thoughts in their head that if it's a legitimate thought and you can go out and do it you're going to change people's lives and I think the other side of it too is if it's if it's a thought that you have in your head and it doesn't work or maybe it isn't the best product the fact that you go and attempt it gives you so much insight into the next idea that you have or the next thought that you have and I think People just don't act on that because they get caught up in what's comfortable. They've got a nice job that has um, benefits and all these things. And so it's it's just hard to go act because then they tie themselves up in um, in what's going on in a normal day. And so one of the things that for somebody like yourself that has acted, that continues to act, that continues to do... What are some of the things you do on a daily basis that give you the ability to have time to act on new ideas, whether that's blocking off your schedule or prioritizing certain things in the morning? Um, What are some of the things, like some of the strategies that somebody that has that idea that's like, yo, if I just can think this way or, or do this or time block this way so that I can go out and act? What would be some of those strategies?
2: Well, first of all, people, to, to go back to the back the other point about having an idea, people underestimate the power of putting yeah. minds together.
0: Yep, totally.
2: Masterminding, talking to people. You know, one brain's powerful enough. One mind is hugely powerful. But if you put one brain with another one and another one another one, like the product that we're getting ready to launch, it's called Blueprinted, B-L-O-O Printed. You can go to blueprinted.com, check it out. Um, that product started out as something totally different. And then when I put the idea out to my partner and a couple other guys, we formulated this thing that is going to be unbelievable—an uh, industry disruptor, infinite scale. But it started with just an idea, which formulated from other brains being put together, other minds. So that to that point, I want to make sure people understand you don't have to come up with the idea and run it all the way through yourself. Like it's powerful to add people to it. So if you have an idea, by the way, reach out to me. I'll I'll, I'll go over it with you. But uh, th- as far as the things that I do, man, I'm very clear about my intentions. I write my goals down regularly. I read a lot. I study a lot. I'm constantly trying to figure out how can I get more out of myself. So I read things like I, I read tons of books. I take tons of courses. I'm never stopping learning. And what I try to do is I try to challenge myself. Is like I'll set a target and I'm like, okay, let me set this target, which is just astronomical. Like getting a hold of someone or partnering with someone that people would think that there's no chance of doing that. And then I'll go after it and I'll commit to it and I'll figure out like, what do I got to do to make this happen? Who do I need to know? Who do I need to talk to? How do I need to be seen? What do I got to do? And I just obsess about it. And then it happens. You know, I I got a connection right now that I made just recently that is going to set the world, like it's just going to shake the earth and it's getting ready to be announced here soon. And uh, that all stemmed from a vision that I had. And then meeting certain people and then connecting the dots and understanding that, okay, if I put this person with this person, everything will like explode in a good way. And then I just go after it. So I, I, can't, I can't tell you that waking up in the morning and working out and um, that there's any one particular thing. I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to my mission, which is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And I filter everything I do through that. So what time do I got to wake up in the morning? Well, if I wake up at eight, is that going to help me show people that they're unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams? Or does six work better? You know, and I just think about that binary decision towards our way, building or destroying. And I just operate that way. Drinking beer, like drinking. Uh, Should I go out and have a, a bunch of drinks? Will that serve my purpose and my mission? Yes or no? And then I make that decision. Uh, reading this book. Will reading this book help me serve my mission or hurt it? It'll help. Okay. Read it. Um, working out, taking care of my body. Is it going to serve my mission or hurt it? I mean, that's it's it's very simple. So I think people are looking for like a, a super secret, but the super secret is, is that you got to come up with a mission that you believe in and you, that lights you up and then live everything by that. And then just understand that thought starts everything.
1: Who are some of the people in your life, Mike, that you turn to, to reaffirm um, those ideas, that mission, that mindset, when you feel like you start to
2: falter? Well, you know, one of the things I, I'm mentored and coached by a few people. So as high of elevation that I've achieved and continue to go after, I'm never going to stop having a mentor or coach. Uh, so I, and I, and then I, you know, one of them I meet with at least three hours a week. So, um, that, and then the other thing is the people around me, like I cannot hold my team accountable. You know, I have 40 some employees. I can't hold them accountable. I can't hold my partners accountable if I'm not holding myself accountable. You see, you only hold the people to higher standards around you to the standards you keep yourself. So when I let up I'll start seeing it in other people that are around me and I can't go to them and say, hey guys, you got to pick it up. This is unacceptable. It doesn't work. I got to start with myself. And so that's what mainly does it for me is I see other people slipping. I look at myself in the mirror and say, wait a minute, what am I doing to cause this? I need to pick it up here, here, and here. Because if I go to them, one, I won't have full conviction in what I'm talking to them about because I don't trust myself. And secondly, that'll be very, very quick for them to point the finger back at me and say, well, I'm not seeing you do that. I'm not seeing you hold to those standards. And so you lose credibility. So that's the way I handle it.
1: I really like that perspective on leading by example, but making sure that you first are self-aware of your own example that you're setting rather than blaming someone else first. And then going back and taking a look, you do that before you even address your team or the group. Before it ends up being a group decision that everyone needs to do it, it's like you start with that as the leader. How do you, if you have someone on a, on your team that may be struggling with the fortitude that you have built or that you have, because um, I think this is always something we we talk about with founders and. And company owners, it's hard to expect everyone else, obviously, to be the same level of committed that you are um, when it's your thing and it's not necessarily their thing. What are some of the things that you tell your team in this leadership position? How do you convey that same message that you figured out for yourself that now is so intuitive to the way you operate um, to your team? What are some of those leadership dynamics or or things that you do or examples that you set that also rub off on them.
2: Well, we talk about it all the time. We I actually live it, right? And then we also talk about what lights them up. You know, you gotta lock, you know, really talk to your employees about what their personal, professional, financial goals are and show that you care about those and how they can align with the mission that you're on. Because you know, if you're not, first of all, if you're not thinking big and going big places and creating a future and causing a future, you're not going to attract anybody with any ability or anybody that's thinking big or going to do any big things. So you got to be on some mission. You got to paint that vivid picture to them. And then you got to paint the picture of how they're going to align and fit into it as well with their, you know, meeting things that light them up. And that's how you do it.
1: What are some of the ways that you hold space for people to actually allow them to talk? Do you generally like doing that in a group setting, in an individual setting? Like, What, is that, what does that look like for your team specifically?
2: Well, my team, we meet every day. Uh, every, every morning we meet and every morning somebody else runs the meeting because we have a core values. And one of the core values that we have is leadership starts with me. No matter what your position or title or how long you've been with us, everybody's a leader. And so each, each day, somebody else runs the meeting with a topic and then we all have the opportunity to unmike and share. And you know, we're virtual so everybody's in different places so we're on a video call, but everybody has an opportunity to share and it's a no no judgment zone. Everybody shares what they want. We want vulnerability, we want transparency. And we just uh, at, you know, open the floor up and if somebody doesn't even volunteer, we still put them on the spot and make them, you know, force them to engage because you know, if they're not engaged on a meeting in the morning with you, they're not going to be engaged in the job for the day. And so you know we have that now, and of course anybody can ever you know they can always reach out to me, one on one. But mainly it's in a group setting. Uh, then fo- you know followed by that we we check in with our people. We you know just do random calls here or there checking in. Hey, how are things going? Is there anything I can help you with? You know, and uh, yeah, so that's how we handle it.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to be able to have that space, and I think for every team and every leader. You know, it can be different in the way in which you hold it, but it is, it's just important to be able to create that and be able to have those conversations and and talk through that. Um, As, as you start to think about, you know, I I love the kind of going back a little bit, how, how your fuel switched from what was kind of pushing you to what's pulling you. Um, As you start to think further into the future, um, specifically around, blueprinted um you threw out some a pretty large number for how many companies you want to be a part of how do you guys plan on doing that and what are some of the what are some of the ways in which you guys are going to shake things up
2: so my partner in blueprinted uh his name's jared yellen and he started a company called sila labs and he cracked the code on development in india where india most of the time they're subcontracted Employees, where they can't use the income to buy a house to get a loan, so it's very difficult to open a company in India and hire employees that are on like what we would say in the United States, like a W two, not a non contract, but more employment. And he cracked the code on that, and so that made it a very attractive model for other people in India to come work for this company, and it made it easier to scale. Uh, so in doing that, and and just a very intelligent guy, very very purpose-driven and on, on a good purpose. And his partner, um, Monty that works in, and he's from India and he was in the United States, but th- just the, just the structure that they've And then they set up this awesome goal, which I'm in full alignment with. Um, it's, it's not difficult to do something you set out to do. If you align yourself and surround yourself with people that are aligned and on, on mission and on purpose, from there, you sometimes need help from other people and other connections and collaborations to speed up the process or add, as I would say, rocket fuel to it. And so that's what we're working on now. We've made connections via that that are going to just absolutely explode it. Um, I believe that we would have got to 10,000 without it. But with this connection that we've made now and and what's going to happen going forward, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, there's a no brainer and we might even need to raise the number up.
0: That's awesome. I think setting a goal like that is, um, is the only way to do it. It's, it's all about, you know, taking what you know, you can do and putting it out in there and maybe, maybe even throwing a little bit more than you think you can do. But I think with that is, it's exciting to, to hear that. I think some of the main points and, and takeaways I've, I've had from our conversation is, uh, it's something that just gets me fueled up is all about just, just continuing to, to take action. And I think, you know, you, did, you don't sugarcoat it, right. It's not about the most productive morning routine or, you know, doing a headstand every day when you wake up or whatever. I mean, those things might help some people and people might need the rituals to get into, get into motion. But at the end of the day, it's just about, about putting your one foot in front of the other and being consistent and doing the work. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, as a business owner too, like it in full transparency, sometimes it gets hard. I mean, you know, there's days that go by where you just didn't feel like you, you got everything you wanted to get done or time gets away. If a meeting goes long or something gets shook up in the middle of the day. Um, And at the end of the day though, when that happens, you just got to realize that, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to get back on and do it again. I think that's one of the most important things, right? Is, is to just really understand that it's a long-term game and it's a consistent game. And at the end of the day, you're not going to win it all in one day, um, but you can lose it all if you just decide to stop. Uh, and so I think it's just really, it's really inspiring and cool just to hear about somebody that's not only done a lot, but is also thinking about doing a lot. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's super important to, to think about how to frame every single thing that you do so that you realize that they all add up. Um, And that's yeah. Look,
2: I I really don't think I've done a lot. Like so, that's the other thing. Like I'm always saying, okay, I got to do more. Like, what's next? What's next? Um, And I'm I'm absolutely obsessed with what I want to accomplish. So I think there's uh, some obsession that has to come in as well, and also never settling and never being comfortable, never be (laughs) never being complacent. If something goes wrong or that day runs over, like you said, a meeting, like so what. Tomorrow, you just do the most important thing that needs you to do. That's going to get you faster and farther along than where to where you need to go. Everything else takes a back seat. You just take the one thing that's going to move you the fastest and farthest. Knock that out, and then go to the next thing and the next thing. And you don't get hung up in all those details and all the you know setbacks or what have you. So you know, I I think that a lot of people self sabotage themselves. A lot of people say they're busy. To Mm -hmm. me, I like to like interchange the word busy out with lazy. Because when somebody says they're busy to me, that just means that they're lazy on structuring their day and their schedule and prioritizing things. And you know, you hear somebody, oh man, I'm busy. or And, and people do this subconsciously. They'll, they'll make themselves yeah. busy and they'll make themselves take way longer to do a project or accomplish something just so that they can portray themselves as more valuable than they actually are. See me, I try to get things done as fast as possible, as quickly and smoothly as possible, so that I can pack more in and uh, I don't really ki- I don't give a shit about looking valuable or, or, or I, I don't give a shit about that. I, that doesn't matter to me. I want to accomplish things. I want to, I want to get to where I'm going as fast as possible so that I can add the next thing onto the, onto the target. Um, so yeah, it's something to be aware of.
0: Totally. I think one of the things we love to ask everybody and kind of our motto off of what you were just saying too is regardless of what happens kind of around you, you make the choice for what you're going to do. You make the choice for what you're going to accomplish. And so our saying at, at Live Better is to have the best day ever every single day. And what we mean by that is to just make sure that whatever happens or whatever's going on, that you make the best choice. You decide that if like that meeting goes long, well, and I can't get to this next thing, well, I'm going to do what I can to get the most important things done and also to to live a life that's enjoyable, that's worth living, that's exciting, that's fun, that you find your purpose in, and you wake up every day with a smile. So, Mike, if you could wake up tomorrow and do anything, um, what does your best day ever look like?
2: Uh, you know, my best day ever is the day that I overcome something. Um, I don't have a particular, like only best day. It's anytime that I overcome a challenge or an adversity, that's what gives me pleasure. So, you know, something comes my way and I'm like, okay, what, what, here's the problem. What's the solution? And how can we knock out the source of the problem? And when we do that, that's what gives me joy. That's what like, you know, if I have a day where I'm just out and about and I don't do any of that, I feel miserable. You know, I'm not the type of guy, you know, I love traveling. I love going to, you know, resorts with my family and all that as well. But while I'm doing that, that day has to include me creating something or solving something or doing something. Um, just, 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 the way I'm built.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. I'm not, I'm the last guy you're going to find just lounging around at the, at the resort pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, exactly. it just can't handle that. Like, yeah, I think there's time for relaxation and, and structured rejuvenation totally. Uh, but that doesn't have to be a 24 hour thing. It can be, I do that for a few hours. And I still get my workout in. I still get some thought or I'm reading or just, you know, there's other ways to be productive. Uh, and so I love that. I think that that's, that's great. Uh, what would be some lasting advice for our listeners? One final thing that is that is your your jam to, to, to end people with so that they can go out once they listen to this episode and all those thoughts in their head can can turn into something that they go do.
2: Yeah, so bottom line is figure out what you want. Get very clear on it, commit to it, and then take persistent, inexorable, inexorable over and over again, I'll say that word, inexorable, consistent action towards it. And and that that's the formula. That's the secret formula. Clarity, commitment, and consistency. Totally. I love it.
0: Mike, thanks so much. Where can people, where can people find out about you? Uh, Where can people find out about Blueprinted once it gets, gets launched or can they get involved now if they've got ideas? Uh, I know you got a lot going on. Where can people get your book? All the good stuff.
2: Yeah. So if you go to uh, MikeCrock.com, you can get the book and find out more about me. Connect with me. If you have an idea, uh, like you can DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn or what have you. Uh, I answer all those things. But Blueprinted is blueprinted.com. That's O-O instead of U-E on blue, blueprinted.com. You can put your information in there and keep up to date with everything that's going on with the launch. Uh, the You want to be involved with it in the beginning because we're looking for founders and founders are going to have better access to things. And this is going to be, by the way, just a quick rundown on that. It's It's a project management based software that if you have success in any vertical in life, if you can blueprint your success step by step algorithmically in, this, in our software, which we make easy in our creator studio, we have a marketplace that's built out and people come in there looking and searching for blueprints to success in different things and you can sell your blueprint. Or if you're looking for success, you can go buy a blueprint and uh, you can do coaching through it, you can do consulting through it, you can do all these different things. But at the end of the day, you have a place to put your blueprint up for sale and people have a place to go buy blueprints to success. That's awesome.
0: Well, Mike, thanks so much for for taking your time for for sharing a lot about your story, uh, and I think a lot of people will resonate with that because, I mean, there's just so much that can be done to take situations that, for a lot of people, turn them down the wrong path, and for you, it it, it fueled you, and I think that that's it's just super cool that to see that, and I and I love that uh, towards the end of the episode how you were chatting about how you you feel like you haven't done anything yet, and you're still just getting ready for what's next because I. I feel that same sentiment. I think that it's important for people to continue to strive for more. So Mike, thanks so much for, for taking some time today. And uh, we look to connect again in the future soon. Have the best yeah, day.
2: Yeah, fellas, Brett, Jason, thank you for having me. Stay connected with me, fellas. And uh, if you need anything, just reach out. I appreciate your guys' time and, and the opportunity here.
1: Love that. Thank you, Mike.